Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. Love is love. It's Carrie V in your company. And of course, my awesome co-host, Rudy. Rudy, are you there? Hello. Hi, Rudy. Are you there? Carrie. Hey. Good afternoon, Carrie. And to our listeners, are you hearing me out there in Radio Land? Loud and clear. How are you today, Rudy? I know it's... I am well. It's wet on the outside. So that's why it you're is. Inside. It is. It's horrible in Puerto Spain here. I heard. I am so sorry for you and everybody else <laughs> who needs to be in all of that. But I'm there with you in spirit. Yay! There's a lot of lightning and thunder in the east. Mm. And the poor doggies were in a physics. So it was hard to stay and see about them. Ah, All right. Well, not a problem. Not a problem. So I know we have a lot to talk about today. But before we jump into that, we're going to be playing this clip, right? We're going to play the clip first. Yes, we have a clip or two for our listeners. And these are... The coverage clips, the media coverage clips of the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Conference that we spoke about last week. Mm-hmm. It was held on Thursday, June 1st in the Chamber of Industry and Commerce. Right. All right. So we're going to play it from here. I will have... Uh, right. So I'm going to play it now derogatory comments so if you talk about what you want to do to a faggot or a bullock, there's no mechanism for me to report that's what we heard from 53 percent of people the findings of a survey with people responding according to policies that are or are not in effect where they work the findings were revealed at the annual diversity equity and inclusion conference on thursday well, there has been some advancement since the Trinidad and Tobago High Court declared the country's criminalization of consensual same-sex acts as unconstitutional. The Equal Opportunities Act of Trinidad Tobago does not explicitly include sexual orientation or gender identity in its mandate or protection. The U.S. Ambassador to TNT says there's the continued need to advance equal opportunities and rights for all identities. As leaders, when any part of humanity is sidelined, we must not resort to inaction. When we see denials and abuses of human rights, we must bring solutions. Organizers say the conference featured a discussion and workshop with representatives of 10 marginalized groups about employment challenges they face. It's heartwarming to note that the groups who are present today working alongside private sector entities as members of the Trinidad and Tobago Chamber of Industry and Commerce, along with multilaterals to develop strategies to make ESG more than a catchy phrase, but to ensure a framework that is relevant can be implemented. And so gives. When I say love, know what I mean, you are free to... Hey Rudy, are you there? I am. I'm right here. So that was the clipping of the DEI conference for weeks. It all happened yes. on June the 1st. And let me tell you all, I was there. 
live and direct yes. she was there and Rudy before we we jump into it let me just say guys I have never felt so proud to sit in a room with all these different marginalized groups of persons who who are not being afforded like equal opportunities in in let's say for instance in work or or even relationships as well and to hear their stories from their mouths from their mouths themselves it it was right. mind-blowing rudy it was they made some very and you, valid and you heard in. from fellow women for example mm-hmm. you heard from blind persons from p- those with down syndrome mm-hmm. so it it cut across a lot sakari i mean I'm sure that that was one of the first times you heard all of those voices in the same room. Yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes, I'm here. I'm yeah. listening. Yeah. So I, I really was happy that you were able to make it as well as close to 40 other private sector persons because these are the stories and the issues that us facing citizens on a daily basis mm-hmm. and if the public sector cannot respond quickly enough then the, the private sector has to take up the mantle and do what it can to get these people in a more inclusive and safe workplace mm. but Rudy what in your in your eyes or based on after we have in that conference after the conference was held mm-hmm. do you think that it was a success well it is a success in that we were even able to get all of those people together however the question is what happens now mm-hmm. what is the actual impact so success moving forward will be measured in what are those companies and the members of the chamber going to do mm-hmm. to put into practice what they discussed because they there was an open you were there you saw it for yourself there was open discussion mm-hmm. people from both the groups that were representing for their issues and people in the private sectors shared solutions ideas discussion points and they came up with suggested approaches yeah so that is where the success really matters Mm -hmm. it was important to get the people in the room because sometimes as i said in my opening remarks there there are instances where people get together carry and they have very good intentions and they're talking about persons who have disabilities young persons citizens who are retired queer persons persons that have neurodiverse challenges but though the people that we're talking about they're Mm -hmm. not in the room yeah nobody's talking with them so 
last Thursday, we were able to get them in the conversation. Yeah. So that's why I say it was a success up to that point. And mm. now we have to look at what's happening after the fact. Now, Rudy, when I was there, there were a lot of persons. And we had persons representing like blind welfare, persons from the mute community as well. We had um, the former, a former resident of YTC, Sydney. He was really, he was very inspiring to listen to. Because, you know, hearing his story yes. and hearing his, how difficult it was for him to actually say something to his boss, like something that I think he brought up the issue where he wasn't getting paid for the job. And, you know, if he goes up mm-hmm. to the to his employer and say, well, you know, we're going to pay the employer might watch him in a different light, you know, um, Pride United was there because as well. People- yeah. Yes, Pride United, which represents he, tertiary level mm-hmm. students. Heroes Foundation. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But really, one thing that stood out to me, well, a lot of things, but this one, I can't remember who made this statement, but the person said, de-labeling. Why don't we just see human beings? Why don't we stop labeling persons as someone who is who, who has a, a, a sight impairment or... You know, like that. Stop labeling persons. You know, that is the first thing that stood out to me. Well, because that that's what is we do. the ideal. Exactly. That, we label people. The ideal world is where nobody cares what gender you are, what ethnicity you are, if you could see, if you have two legs, mm-hmm. you know, what country you came from. It, in an ideal world, it's really just about personality and qualifications and are you doing the job are you do you have the right attitude and skills for now though for now if let's say there's a company company x Mm -hmm. and the managers of that company don't like they don't like People who are shorter than five foot eight. Hmm. I'm using an extreme example, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to use the usual example. Yeah. So let's say all the managers in that company are six foot mm-hmm. tall, and they don't like anybody who's less than five eight. Yeah. If the people who go for the jobs, for the job interview, if they don't identify as five foot seven or five foot six and nobody gets the job the only people who are six foot tall five eight five nine get the jobs Mm -hmm. then there's no way for the people who don't get the jobs to claim discrimination in order for you to claim discrimination you have to identify you have to have a label Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. So bring it back to a more realistic situation. If a blind person doesn't put their hand up and say, I am blind, and that is why you aren't giving me a chance to get a promotion. Mm-hmm. Or the person who is has autism says, I am autistic, and you don't want to send me for training because you think that that's a waste of time. Mm-hmm then without the label there's no way to fight the discrimination Mm. because then 
it's easy for people on the other side to say, well, the only reason we didn't send them for the training is because we wanted to send somebody else. But in truth and in fact, the reason you didn't send the person for the training is because they are different. Yeah. And that is why the label right now, until we have the laws and the culture in place, we need to identify and be brave enough to put up our hands and say, mm. I am a woman who has been a victim of domestic violence. And therefore, in this workplace, we must have a policy that that includes women and does not allow for people to make jokes about women who are vulnerable. Yeah. Because that still happens. That happens in, in places all over Trinidad and Tobago where... Let's say there's a report on the newspaper of some woman who was brutally, you know, brutally beaten by their partner mm -hmm. or worse yet, found murdered somewhere. Mm -hmm. People, and they say it on social media, so they, they, they probably do say it elsewhere. They say things like, oh, she looked for it. Mm. If you are saying that in a workplace around women, and people don't put up their hand and say, that offends me. Yeah. Then it will continue. Yeah, true. true. So the labels right now are important for that reason. Mm. When we get to the point where we have the laws and the policies and the culture in place. In place. I, I agree with you. The labels won't be important anymore. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense to, you know, because... If it wasn't being brought to the attention of persons, then, you know, they wouldn't know about anything and they would just continue living their lives and even discriminating exactly. against them. Mm, that makes sense. But Rudy, I want to talk about the persons from the deaf community or the mute community. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the gentleman's name. Stephen. Stephen. Stephen says that they need interpreters. Because it's extremely difficult to do business when you're going. So let's say, for instance, he said that he went to the bank. Yes. They don't have an interpreter. In another place, in another public place where you need you need to ask a question or, you know, there are no interpreters. And I, I sat down there and I agreed with everything that he had to say. But through his interpreter, right? When mm -hmm. you go into a public place, when you go into a food establishment, when you go into the banks... I but I don't know if I'm wrong, but I don't see any interpreters there waiting for someone who is uh, deaf or who is mute to you know like ha communicate with them properly, and that's where we lack. These are simple things that we need to get in society, and that's a good example because every bank can send one at least one member of staff. Mm. to learn sign language yeah, how about two just in case one didn't come out today yeah well okay, good. two you see <laughs> because each each branch has what 50 60 some branches have 100 employees well yeah. send them to learn a sign language yeah. and, and and you can let people know that you yeah. can or you can even you can even do it in certain branches and say look if you are a member of the hearing and well they they prefer to use the word deaf right so if you are a deaf person, these six branches have sign language interpreters mm -hmm. on on staff. So feel free to go to one of those branches. Yeah. Or in today's world, there's technology. Mm -hmm. So 
I've seen a few banks where when you enter, there's a kiosk screen. Yeah. And you can click on it what you want. So if if there is no sign language interpreter, at least you can for yourself, because this is the empowerment, right? You don't want people to always feel that they are second class yeah. or they need special help. They want to be independent. Mm-hmm. So Stephen would walk into a bank, click on the screen and something would be printed out or mm. sent via email or whatever mm. to the teller. And that person would know what it is he needs. Yeah. And these are the ways that companies across Trinidad and Tobago have to start thinking. Now, by the way, I don't know if you if you caught on to this, but Stephen is both and deaf. Oh, no, I didn't. I remember someone made a statement like that, that some, like, a community could have, could be inter- interchanged or intersectional. Right. So, you could be gay and you could be blind, or you can be gay and you can be deaf, or you can be um, blind and you have... A deaf woman who is... Yeah. Yeah. And, and have, a deaf woman or a deaf young person. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick up on it. But that—that's cool, man. And one of the things that he shared with us is that there are some sign language translators mm. who refuse mm-hmm. to translate for him. Trans- yes, I remember he was mentioning that. And even when it came to religion or something like that, he was saying, and you know, they didn't want it to. And so it's a. And Makesa, Makesa Edwards, who's from Pride United, who we'll have on the show later, mm-hmm. she mentioned that in the healthcare sector, because she comes from the healthcare sector, yeah. she mentioned that there are some people still who will refuse to treat with persons because they have a certain belief. So you will actually say, I don't want to treat this person because I don't believe in their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But Rudy, you we can't say, live would, in, would in a world that without we, anymore. It, would you say that we are we are slowly getting out of that mentality? What do you think? Slowly, slowly. slowly. Mm. It could happen faster than we. It it could happen overnight, Carrie. It could really happen overnight because think about laws. When they pass the law that you must you wear your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up always wearing my seatbelt, and I didn't understand what what my entire family always wore their seatbelt but the, but the government had to pass a law to force other people to wear their seatbelts and now and now every, Diego, almost everyone almost wears everybody seat wears yeah. it yeah so you will always have exceptions i mean even if you pass the laws you'll have 10 15 people mm. who probably will try and break the law but yeah the fact is that they have something in oh, place it, Overnight, people had to wear their seatbelt. Yeah. So pass the laws and say that from tomorrow we we will not be discriminating in the healthcare sector. Mm. Yeah, so right. Now most three thirty, and I know we have quick wow. confessions coming up from four to four thirty, and you all know what that is. Send us your emails, your queer confessions to queerconfessions one hundred six at freedom dot com. Also, we have something coming up. So we have two guests coming in two guests we are speaking yes, about today, so Rudy? Our first guest 
as I mentioned, would be Makesa Edwards, who is the chairperson of Pride United. Mm -hmm. And then in our queer confessions segment, we're going to have a live confession call this week for our listeners Ooh. with Aki Mohammed, mm -hmm. who is a non-binary representative of the trans coalition. Right, right. So we have all that in place. So guys, don't forget you can call us. Our lines are always open. 627-3223-625-2257. And my WhatsApp. Let me say good afternoon. Going out to Dwayne Phil. Dwayne Phil is locked on as usual. Let hi, Dwayne. Hi, going out to Ken. Hi, Ken. I haven't Hello, heard from Ken. you today. But Ken is always locked on as usual. How are you guys doing? Send me that WhatsApp message. 3061065. This is Love is Love. It's Carrie V and Rudy. And we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to be discussing more. We're going all the way to 5 p.m. Keep it locked. It's Freedom 106.5 FM. Don't touch our dial. We'll be right back. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back. It's uh, Freedom 106.5 FM. Uh, this is where you speak your mind. Uh, Carrie Vina Company and, of course, my awesome co-host, Rudolph Namji. Hi, Rudy. Carrie. Hey. We're back. We're back. No, the sun is coming out here. Is it? Uh, what about Port of Spain? Well, bye. You know how I lock up inside here. Oh, it's only when I walk outside, <laughs> I'll see. But when I went outside, it was still overcast. And I was drizzling. Okay. It wasn't much. But you know, All right, you know how Port Spain turns into a huge beach, right? Unfortunately, yes. yes. I did not walk Be with careful. my banana boat today. I walk only with my car. So let's hope that the water goes down so I can drive out, right? <laughs> yes, yes. You'll be safe. Don't worry. Now, I know we have uh, someone to interview today, Rudy. But before we get her on, kindly introduce her and give us a little bit of, give us some information about her before we get her on. Certainly. Marquesa Edwards is currently the chairperson of Pride United. Right, I remember which them. Is mm -hmm. a tertiary level focused group that treats with queer persons in the university space. Mm -hmm. So, in effect, they are a youth LGBTQ group. And Marquesa has a healthcare background nursing as a matter of fact and has a number of years experience in the public healthcare system mm. she has been an advocate for lgbtq plus issues and other marginalized groups for many years now i remember when she first joined us at pride tt and became a, a fantastic and empowered voice especially for young women young persons in the workplace and people who were really discriminated against not just by society but their own families mm. so Makesa are you there with us hi good evening. hi Makesa welcome thank you are you hearing us Rudy are you hearing me I'm hearing you I heard right. Makesa all right nice. Makesa are you hearing us yeah, you're learning. Right, nice. Yes, I'm we just you want to make now. sure. Yes. <laughs> so talk to us. Makiesa, tell us a little bit about yourself and Pride United. What is Pride United again? I know Rudy mentioned, you know, it's from, it came off like a spin-off from Uni Pride. But yeah. what from from Uni Pride to Pride United, What? how did it go from something um, kind of small to something even bigger? 
Okay. Just want to say good afternoon to everyone again. Thanks for having me here. So, we were formerly Uni Pride when we represented the youth in the universities, and we still do. But we wanted to go beyond that to be representative of the LGBTQIA community, mm-hmm. encouraging intersectionality and creating an atmosphere for youth unity among all age groups in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Basically bridging the gap. Mm. We want to focus on creating safe spaces and that persons are comfortable reaching out to us and we can help. And if we are unable to do so, we can refer to the necessary groups or authorities. Mm. So we still represent the university, but we want to be that bridge that we could bring everyone together and create a holistic support. Um, on me, as Rudy already said, I've been an advocate for over some years. Um, I'm really passionate about being a voice for persons who do not, who don't have that voice for themselves. Mm. I am a registered nurse. I actually mm-hmm. started off as a medic since I was 18. And I've been a medic for over eight years and a registered nurse for almost five years now. Mm. Mm, okay. Only 27 though. I heard so. I heard so because I attended the. You were the person who won the panel. I was, yeah. In that nice dress. I love that dress. Probably, anyway. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for the DEI conference and I, I listened to you speak. And it's it's very, it's really nice to have someone, you know, taking that lead. Because I understand that you're the chairman of the Pride United. Yeah, I'm the co-chair. My um, other co-chair is Shahan. Shahan. I, I know Shahan. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you all work together. Yeah, we're in together. Nice. What plans do you all have or events that's coming up? Because I know this month is Pride Month, but we're going to be talking about that later on. But what plans yeah. do you all have to, know, to you know, get out there and, 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 and share information and educate persons? Because we realize that persons are not aware of, yeah, of uh, some, anyone from the community. And the only way how people would know is if they are edified what plans do you all have for that yes so um during covid19 we had a number of we had a number of programs online and we really hope to have something more in place than now mm-hmm. as this is friday month but you know friday month in channel i will say is the last week in june the last week in july and we really looking forward to the friday month Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be representing in the flag raising for Shagorn. We really, really want to have a beach cleanup. Mm-hmm. We look forward to the pride, the pride parade and the event. And we really want to have a mixer and a game night. Oh, that sounds fun. Yes. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. So you say you say that you really want to have it. How much so is it going to is it going to happen? 
Well, that's nice. That's nice. Rudy, are you still there? You have anything to ask her? I, I think, Makisa, what is important for people to understand, and you can mm-hmm. really give us this firsthand, is what are some of the issues that people still, are, especially young people, what are they still dealing with in terms of exclusion and lack of security in the workplace because you were on that panel to bring that message and it was interesting some people in the audience had an aha moment almost as though in their minds they thought these things did not exist anymore so what are some of the issues that young people are facing marginalized young people are facing when either trying to get into the workplace or are in the workplace? Oh, so some of the main issues we saw is that persons, even though they have the formal and the knowledge, the foundation, they didn't have like a mentor or the right system to get into their, their desired job or their, um, their field. So most people go lost. They had, they had no idea how to start or even um, any avenues to get there. So what basically we saw in the community is that we um, we basically lack, we could say, direction or mentorship because a lot of persons have the, the potential and equipment the competence. However, I could say, for example, even in this thing, although I have the foundation and the skills because it's international, the workplace and the cultures is a whole different world view. And I, I believe a big thing that we can get into is um, orientation and inclusion. Another, another problem that or I wouldn't say problem, but issue is persons don't feel that they can be their authentic selves in their jobs and they have to put on a persona of a kid in order to get where they want to get. That is interesting, you know, it, it must, why is it, 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 and the word interesting is an understatement, it's it's aggravating because in the year 2023 someone who is a little older than you are i have no i have no choice but to reflect on 10 15 years ago when Mm. these were the same issues so carrie asked earlier in the program if things are getting better slowly and the answer i gave makesa was yes very slowly because you have a few lights at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. but it's still prevalent, right? It's still not where it needs to be. Yes. Um, I will say that it, um, it starts with our root and our, our biases, our ideas as a Caribbean. We have strong roots, strong religious roots. And um, 
it's hard for a lot of people to sit with themselves and understand their biases might be accepting someone but at the same time it's not nice to project your biases on someone based on how they choose to live their life as as a life experience is something that is very subjective and it's not nice that we should respect each other in a way that everybody can live their own senses so without making someone else feel bad or less of themselves who they really are and it's really breathtaking that our upcoming generations are more open more understanding, more mm-hmm. empathetic. Yeah. That, as Rudy said, is a light in eternal. But that, I think that is why it's important to provide platforms and opportunities for people like yourself and others who are brave enough and have the ability to speak out because when when you were finished on the panel and you were chatting with people in the room yes what was some of the feedback that you got from those persons who were there front and center to listen was it positive was it negative or any comments they made to you that you would like to share yeah of course um, I must say that it was tremendous experience creating that space to have that conversation. As we earlier said, that education um, would really help. And the feedback was amazing. Persons, even though they didn't know, I felt as if I was heard. And as I said, they empathized. And they, they asked what could be done. And persons even mentioned that they had they had inclusion policies included. However, on that day they understood and it was made clear that diversity, equity and inclusion is as is as important as it simply shows what is needed. So I believe that a lot of persons were edified mm-hmm. and Everyone was basically brought to one level, one understanding level that we need to do better and go forward. Even in the line of um, policies and legislation, it was discussed and we understand that policies are in place, as I always say, um, as now that I'm, I'm doing my master's, that I understand that policies, research, and data is collected. And some stuff are destroyed. And persons understood on that day that the policy is not to be done just to say that I have this policy. The policy needs to be enforced. Persons need to be held accountable. Person needs to do certain things as simple as apologize mm. because right. you know, someone could not know that they're being okay so um, according to certain culture certain conversations have become a norm to certain people and now they understand that okay 
this is this is discrimination. Hmm. This is stigmatizing. What I am doing is wrong. So I believe like a lot of persons came to that level that okay, um, I'm not in my own bubble. What I'm saying could affect someone. It could affect affect someone mentally. It could have somebody going home thinking on this, wanting to see for hours. So I I think it was a really, really good. I, we didn't have any negative feedback and everybody was looking forward to what's next, what we doing for flying one. So that was really, that was really nice. Hmm. And it was a good start though. It was a really good start to start Pride Month. I love it. It was nice. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm so, Carrie. You, I'm glad you and others were there again, as I said earlier, because it's important for people to see it firsthand and hear it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just me translating it or Makisa yeah. translating. I heard from myself, and I heard all the challenges that the different marginalized groups, yes. all the challenges that they were facing, and me being someone out of those groups. You know, I, I was not aware until I came in there and I sat. But I really do hope that uh, these uh, agencies or these companies are going to take what they learned and what they got from the DEI conference and implement it. Because you mentioned that we have policies, you know, but these these policies are not, are not, um, it's not enforced. They are not enforced, and that is the issue that we are having. But, guys, listen, I've got to take a really, really quick break. When we come out, we're going to be finishing our discussions with you, Makisa. So, stay on the line. Rudy, we're going to take a quick break. When yes, we come back, it's we'll much be right more. back. All right, keep it locked. It's Freedom 106.5 FM. If you're not joining us, it is love, is love, which we do every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Don't forget, we have Queer Confessions coming up. Send me your Queer Confessions at queerconfessions106 at gmail.com. We will be right back. So keep it locked. Talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. If you're now joining us, good afternoon and welcome back. Freedom 106.5 FM, you're locked into Love is Love just about three minutes after four. After this interview with Makia, so we're going to jump straight into our Love is Love. Oh, quick confessions. Rudy, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hi, Makia, are you still with us? Hi, I Right. So, Makisa, to close off our interview, which was uh, quite inspiring, actually. And whilst you, were, whilst you were answering the questions, I just remember you sitting on the panel. And uh, you, you looked a little shy and scared. <laughs> but then you held it all together. <laughs> but let me ask you something. A call to action for other young queer persons out there and the companies in Trinidad and Tobago. How can they help? create more inclusive workplaces? Um, so I must say that I think I am selectively shy, but I get through <laughs> it. I get through it eventually. Mm. So I would like to say that um, employers should ensure that all um, anti-harassment, bullying, and non-discrimination policies include all LGBTQIA plus individuals. I think they should review their policies like such as dress code, expectations, and make sure they are neutral without gender stereotypes. Mm, yes. Policies requiring women 
to where we stop and prohibiting men from wearing jewelry should be replaced with mutual expectations. Right. Also, an inclusive environment is one where all employees are able to contribute and feel like they belong. Mm. It does not require employees to agree with another individual's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how someone feels about another person's sexual orientation, gender identity, identity, or even how they express themselves, all employees should also require to treat everyone with respect. Mm. I believe that respect is like really, really important. You don't have to to agree with me, but you should respect me. Mm-hmm. Like we should respect each other. We does that's a really big life principle that I think we should all honor, especially in the workplace. Mm. We should go as far as training employees to recognize and to eliminate discrimination in the workplace, as it is important for every employer in updating the organization's presentations to cover our LGBT individuals mm. to provide equal employees equal opportunities to all employees. Mm. Employers should see us for what we can bring to the company with our competencies and experiences. Mm. Even though persons um as we are youth and as I say we do represent um older persons of middle aged they should be seen for what they, they could bring to the company with their competency, with their environment, with their experience, and not seen by their outer appearance. Mm-hmm. They still are people and they, they will add people to the company. Mm-hmm. We should also, as being on our career youth, we should come together to make persons to make persons feel comfortable right. expressing what they're going through, how they're feeling. That we I could be like, you know, hey, I went through this and I did this. Yeah. I find that we should come together and and just be there for each other. Yeah. One main thing I learned from the focus group is um, we are not the only marginalized group. If all the marginalized groups come together, we could do a lot. Also, what I also was really nicely reiterated to me in the conference that I was so appreciative of this experience mm-hmm. is that fighting by yourself might make you get afraid. But if you desensitize everyone to see that this problem does exist mm. and we all come together, we can overcome faster mm. than it would just save me. Mm. Even if as a queer person your parents accept you, you could still empathize with someone who isn't accepted and in that way you accept them and you bring them into their family that they don't feel less of a person. Yeah. That that they show them that you you still have something to add. You mm-hmm. you're still important to me, and we work on your family. Yeah. That's your family, and you always have that that longing 
to have a relationship with them. Mm. But if you have a concrete relationship here that you know you have to support to go on and to make something of yourself, mm. that you could take care of yourself, even though the person that I here to take care of you, mm. they have to live after me. There you have it, guys. Makisa wow. Edwards. Excellent. She's Powerful. the chair of Pride United. Wow. I think I just got some goosebumps just now. They only are talking, Makisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I hope we yes. have you here yes. again. I'm very sure next time you'll be... I know now you're not feeling so shy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but thank oh, you no. so much for joining like us today. You. I like you with you. <laughs> ah, you like it because nobody ain't seeing you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's all you carry. It's mm. all you. No problem. Thanks so much, Makisa. Thank um, you, Makisa. And Take hopefully care, we can safe. have you here again. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and that wow, was Makisa Edwards. Very you true. Heard I heard it. And I, w- I think that you should have another DEI conference. I'm just saying it. I'm just true. Not all to you, um, Rudy. Because <laughs> to sit down there in that conference room with so many persons and hearing their difficulties and their challenges when you're, when, when you're not supposed to be having those kind of issues, those, those sort of issues when you're going about your daily lives. You're not supposed to be having that, you know? But it was nice. It was really nice. It's just about 10 minutes after 4. I'm going to take a really, really quick one. When we come back, we're going to jump straight into Queer Confessions. And we have a live one today, right? Oh, yes. Oh, I think it's it'll be interesting. I mean, sometimes, we, well, we've always done it with anonymity mm-hmm. but Akim was also part of the DI conference and ah. he said he wants to share his story live nice. and have a conversation about it I so can't yeah wait. so guys we're gonna take a quick one when we come back we're gonna jump straight into queer confessions don't forget you can send us your confessions to queer confessions 106 at gmail.com and every Sunday we would be reading it out anonymously, of course, you know, and we'll have discussions. If you have any questions, don't forget you can call us 627-3223-625-2257. And my WhatsApp is always open, 306-1065. It's Love is Love, only on Freedom 106.5 FM. We are going to be right back. Keep it locked. Talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back. It's Freedom 106.5 FM. This Welcome is where back. you speak. Speak your mind. If you're now joining us, is your favorite duo, favorite Rudy and Carrie V. <laughs> the two, the two and only. <laughs> what two and only? <laughs> yeah, it goes like that. <laughs> Guys, if you're now joining us, you're into Love Is Love, which we do every Sundays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And we're gonna jump straight into Queer Confessions from 4 to 4. 30, but I mean, we're going to do it from 4.15 to 4.45 because I know I didn't want to cut off the interview with my case. It was, yes. it was going so good. I don't want to cut it off. But guys, if you want, if you are interested, don't forget you can send us those queer confessions, those experience, those queer experiences to queerconfessions106 at gmail.com. So, let's jump straight into it. So, Rudy, before we bring on our live confession... Give us a little insight about him and, you know, just give us a brief background, background information about him before we bring him on. 
to Akim is non-binary mm-hmm. pronouns he, she, or they. Mm-hmm. And I've known Akim for probably about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And at one time, he was and probably still is the most experienced local belly dancer ah, in Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, get some um, lessons. He does give lessons <laughs> and has performed for a number of corporate events. And he is also an aesthetician by ah. profession. However, in the last few months, last year, he has fallen victim to some discriminatory practices in Trinidad and Tobago. And I'm sure he'll tell you a little bit more about that. And that's why he... He is now a member of the Trinidad and Tobago Trans Coalition mm. and has been working with them to rebuild structures since Brandy Rodriguez passed That's away, way, as man. well as to advocate for trans and non-binary persons. So he was also on one of the panels on Thursday's event, at Thursday's oh. event. And he's here with us, I believe. Akim, are you here? Are you hearing us? Yes, yes. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, Akim. Welcome. Welcome to Love is Love. Hi. Oh, you sound shy too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Akim, I know that you are aware that, you know, we are in queer confessions. And usually what, what queer confessions is that every Sunday, or not every Sunday we would read an email from uh, someone who is from the queer community or even someone who is not queer but they you know they have like little feelings and you know they have questions about the queer community and we read them out on air and we have discussions and persons will answer questions accordingly and everything like that but today is so different is that we have it live which it would be you so you would be sharing your confession your queer experience with us of course um, radio friendly, you know, let's put that out there. And uh, um, so, yeah, the floor is yours. What is a queer experience or a queer confession or something that happened to you regarding um, being queer or being trans? Uh, firstly, I am I am not trans, but I am non-binary. Non-binary. And that is because I could... Uh, I couldn't uh, find a place to fit into, like a label, mm-hmm. and I never really conformed to the normal society, which worked in a positive, but also in a negative for me. Oh. So before you, before you go on, what is, tell us what is non-binary and what does that mean for, for the listeners? Well, I am more or less you a pretty boy. Yeah, pretty boy. And <laughs> I had to come to terms with accepting that because I used to be worried in the past why is I not looking as masculine as the other men. Uh-huh. But then at the same time, I wasn't as feminine as feminine people. Oh. You know what I mean? So where did I really fit in? So it made me feel like an oddity to a point. Mm. And even my personal experiences with um, going out there, I had to convince myself that I was awesome. Mm-hmm. Or else I would live in a bubble and live inside because I was so afraid about what 
people were thinking about what I look like. Yeah. But that this have this faced have you faced any challenges or what are the challenges that you faced with being non binary? The challenges with being non binary. Like for instance, like let's say for instance you you're you're gonna look for a job or you you're doing um financial transactions, anything like that with growing up. Well, normally being non binary is where to super try to fit you into a category of a specific gender, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel the need to fit into that gender. And I also have underlying situations which, um, you know, as a female, I don't know if this would work for you, but sometimes you might be feeling out of it, so you might just put on some makeup and make you feel better. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it just be like a pickup. But because I'm a male, Mm-hmm. I am judged by people because they said that it's makeup is specifically for females yeah. or even certain types of jobs that it is I would have done in the past. Mm. They would think is necessarily a female job when it is, I think it should be open. Yeah. So is it that, let's say for instance, you, you, you were going to apply for a job. Were you ever uh, discriminated against when you went to apply for one? Oh, many times. Ah, tell us one, tell us about one of those experiences. Like, just last year, because I have been out of a job for a while. Mm-hmm. I went dropping off resumes like everybody else. Yeah. And they did not have a specific sign-up. They just said, Chase, click wanted for a store, right? Mm-hmm. So I walked into the store, and when I presented them with my um, resume, Mm-hmm. The woman was like, oh, sorry, no, we're only looking for female sales clerks. So I was like, but you didn't specify that on the outside. And she was like, and furthermore, you would make people feel uncomfortable. What? <laughs> and I was, I was just thrown back, right? And I was like, you know, and I had to tell her who I, who I work for in the past and the kind of stuff that it is I normally do and how much of an asset I would have actually been for her. For a, company for a company before leaving because I'm a beauty advisor mm-hmm. and I also used to be the makeup artist one of the makeup artists and the beauty advisors for Carmia Cosmetics oh I also design all my costumes yeah. and clothing wow so you see Kari you have you were saying it earlier along with Makesa that there are people who have skills qualifications knowledge they can add value and the only reason that they are being left out is due to prejudice and discrimination that's mm. the only reason so it's not asking for special treatment yeah he wants to contribute and provide his skills yeah but but there's only one reason given why he can't hmm. Wow. So after that, after that interaction at the, the the workplace that you applied for, you you left. Obviously, I told her, and I had to educate her a little bit before I leave. Mm-hmm. But yes, I left. Okay. But did you did you went looking for another job or went to apply to another job almost immediately or like within a few days? Yeah, like every day I'm always online or working about dropping off resumes financially 
you know, it, it costs money. It's a print resume. Yes, it does. So, everything is not digital. And people still want to get, like, photos and stuff like that attached to their resumes. And that's, like, a gamble, especially for somebody like me. Ah. Because I have dropped off resumes since last year to now. And I only got through it one job, which was amalgamated. Mm. Where I had to change completely from my normal self. Like, nobody would have recognized me. Oh. So, I had to cut my hair off and everything. So you had to make a complete change in order for you to get a job. Because at the end of the day, you need to get a job. You had to yes. live like everybody else. You had bills to pay. But that cost... That cost uh, you being your your true authentic self. Yes, and when I look in the mirror, and and a lot of people do realize this, the little things that it is I did, like for example, I grew up, my hair was long, mm-hmm. right, and that was one of the things that used to give me that confidence and boost to go out there, because other than working as a normal person, I am a performer. I do hair, I do makeup, I'm in the beauty industry, and then this is an extension of myself. Yeah. I had to get rid of it. Just to fit into the norm of of what it is they would they would require us to look like as male security officers. Mm. Let, let, let's jump into that and I, do, I, I don't know if you would, you would be open to telling us because we have a lot of listeners who are listening out here who don't know what you guys face on a daily basis right so in your new job you don't need to call the name right in the new job are there any challenges in terms of like how you look or how you present yourself or how you act or how you talk are you being discriminated against in that that workplace and my new job, I'm not working at the moment. Oh. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. I am actually at home. I decided to pursue, like, fitness and go back into the stuff that it is where it is I'm comfortable, comfortable where I'm, with. Where I am my own boss. Yeah. So I don't have to be dealing with people mm. constantly judging me. Mm. Wow. Really, right now I'm speechless because I thought that we in Trinidad and Tobago reach a point where we don't look at these things anymore. Or it's not so prevalent. If you understand what I'm saying, Rudy? That's so it, I, people. Go ahead. I, th- I think people try to, to find excuses by saying that, yeah, we okay with it, but you should just tone this down. Mm. And you should tone that down, and you should change this. When you're really saying that you're not okay with it, because then you wouldn't have a reason to tell us to change anything. Hmm. Hmm. And I you know, having attended, you know, you would know, I should say firsthand, having attended the conference last week, that there are persons in the private sector who are at least willing to listen so there's there it's there are opportunities for change what were some of your observations coming out of the event and did you speak to anyone there that presented you any feedback that you'd like to share at the call name 
and and again carry you see the importance of the having these conversations yeah. because that's an that is an important observation and not only in the area of discrimination but across a business persons either who are the owners or the executive teams they would hire others in different capacities mm. to execute business functions right we all know how businesses work mm. you have the owners you have the executive team and then you have the operational staff and if for some reason your policies do not allow for you to hold the frontline staff accountable be instances where their actions do not align with your your value system as an owner or an executive team and the company either loses potential talent or customers and you as the owner or executive team are none the wiser you don't you don't un, you don't know what's going on as a team said and then your company gets a bad name because people in that segment of society will tell others that that's not a good place to go and work or that's not a good place to buy things from so it's akim that's an excellent observation and i'm glad you shared that and i hope that people out there listening and which is why the di conference offers these opportunities to to converse and to agree on policy changes that are necessary i keep you there yeah i'm here oh, wasn't hearing you for a while there <laughs> so tell so, akim uh, go ahead go ahead carry so akim and i i remember you mentioned something about you know financial challenges that you faced have you ever been to a bank and uh, because of your appearance or how you identify yourself have you ever been have you ever been to no way a bank yeah let, let's say for instance you go into a financial institution and no, not, but the bank that i have been to so far no that has not happened mm-hmm. but um you see when it comes to the healthcare system mm-hmm. it happens there it happens in the healthcare system yeah you immediately judge so when it, when you get sick what you supposed to do <laughs> Is this was the home? I was actually misdiagnosed What? at uh, a health center already. Tell us about that. And I just went in for a tooth problem just because I said that I was gay. Mhm. They assumed that I had a STI and they started giving me medication. What? For that. And I had to cross reference that with another doctor. who had to check me to make sure that everything was okay so just imagine the emotional stress that I put me on 
And um, after after having to come off the medication, they mm. didn't even say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even say sorry. So you went back to them. Yeah, I told them that the medication is wrong. And what they told you? Um, my doctor told me the medication is wrong because I do not have herpes. Sorry, but they gave me herpes medication for uh uh, you know when it is your tooth and get inflamed yeah. like a gum. Yeah, they they give all you the way to the back when the jaw and is swollen. Mm-hmm. Right, so they misdiagnosed that be with um with the herpes virus, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has herpes so it's flat, mm-hmm. and it is be releasing stuff. It's like a whole different thing. Yeah, I see and the... I was on the medication. I was wrong. Oh wow! I didn't even know that was a thing, really. I didn't even know that that actually happens. Yes. Well, um, you're learning a lot these days, and <laughs> and we all learn because not all of us have these experiences, and that is the message that we have been trying to explain and and amplify over the last few months. That each individual's experience of life is so unique, mm. and we must not make generalizations. So. Mm people out there listening whether you're straight heteronormative or queer all of us must not make generalizations because we live one way and see the world one way does not mean that somebody else is experiencing the same thing same thing yeah Rudy, i've got to take a really quick break when we come back we're going to be the, we're going to be continuing our queer confessions all right we have akim on the line and keep it locked it's freedom 106.5 fm don't forget you can call us 627-3223-625-2257 and my whatsapp 306-1065 we're gonna take a quick break when we come back it's gonna be much much more so keep it locked talk, talk, talk. streaming at freedom 106.5.com welcome back it's freedom 106.5 fm this is where you speak your mind uh, carrie v welcome and the company mm-hmm. and my cool co-host rudy hanamji is on the hello, next hello, hello. <laughs> How's it looking in the east, Rudy? How are looking? It's I'm still overcast. Important. No rain, mm. overcast. So it's cool. It's cool. So sir. you're hopefully in a similar position. Well, I hope so, because we import Spain. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we have on the line, we have Akeem Muhammad, and we are in Queer Confessions, going all the way up to about 4.45. Akeem, are you still there? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right. Welcome back. I want to ask you, when did you realize that you were non-binary? Or when that? When did you say what, you know, I don't fit into either category? When did that happen for you? I would have to say I was five. Five years old. Yeah, but I didn't really understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. But, like, I knew it had certain things about me that I liked. Mm-hmm. And it had certain things about, like, for example, when I was young, I traded a Game Boy mm-hmm. for a dolly. Really? Because I like fashion. Uh-huh. And that was the closest thing to a mini mannequin I could use. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
And I wasn't really sure as to which direction to go because so much people was telling me that, you know, it's supposed to be one way. Hmm. And then I was having feelings for both genders. It was hmm. more, it was more of, how to explain it? It was like a feeling. It doesn't matter the gender of the person. Mm. It's more for connection. Mm. And it took me years to realize that, so I guess, from five. Mm. Wow. But Akeem, um, your, your parents, did, how did your parents react when you told them that, hey, this is me and this is going to be it? Well, my mom, um, when I told my mom, she said she wanted a daughter for her first child. Mm. And that was hilarious. <laughs> you, so, find, you find that was hilarious? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Like, she keep on trying to set me up on girls every time she saw me. Mm. Yeah, I didn't grow up with my mom nor my dad. Oh. So, like, random girls that she would see she would say was I'm gonna get married to her because she didn't know mm. until I came out and introduced her to a guy I was dating at the time mm -hmm. and I said this is my boyfriend and she was normal ah. she didn't react in any negative way or anything like that no she was totally cool ah, okay. but my dad it took him a while. I still think it's a work in progress with him. Hmm. They really understand. It's not about sex for me. Mm -hmm. It's more of about a connection. And what's the point of being with somebody that you, you can't like enjoy the company? Yeah. Like a friend. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just about who you're attracted to sexually. And then my identity as a person, I'm a pretty boy. Mm -hmm. I have to embrace it. I am good at makeup artistry. Yeah. So I don't see why I should have to not wear make makeup all the time. Yeah. Like it have days like everybody else. I don't feel to even shave. Yeah. But then it have days I feel to just dress up and when I do it's not like I'm wearing a dress yeah sometimes you know it's why it should matter yeah, true true and because Rudy and I we always have these conversations and at times it, you, it's just how you feel well to me right let me tell you how I operate there are times like like today Rudy I'm a very beautiful dress Okay, if you see my, if you see a girl, right? I and out. Yes, you did. And then I have other times, other times I came out just in, in a pants and, and a hoodie and a sneakers and a wall. And that's just how I feel on that day. You know what I'm saying? But um, is is it like the same for you? Is it does it does it count like that? Like when you feel to uh, portray yourself in a particular way, you would do so. Well, yes, I'm human. Yeah. <laughs> As everybody else. Hmm. Wow. Nice. Rudy, you have anything else you want to ask Akeem before we close off this interview? 
Akim, we always ask advocates and persons who are, and we understand it's difficult, but you are one of those persons who is standing up for others, even though you yourself have been a victim and are dealing with a number of discriminatory practices. What is your call to action to other queer persons out there? What do you think allies non-queer persons have to do to build a more inclusive society any call to action or recommendations before you go well yes um allow people to be themselves one and at least a more honest group of people um also the whole thing about if somebody tell you this is who i am accept them for who they are and for the queer and non-binary society and the trans society you have to take a stand if you want things to change like what it is i am doing i know it might be difficult and scary but if it is one person don't try to change something then you can't really start a change or be seen. So I would advise this pride for everyone to show up. That would be nice. And for companies, as I said on the panel, please hire judges because we are people, we are human, and it's not based on what we look like or what we could do. And you, you, as you mentioned that, Akeem, I remember at the DEI conference, someone mentioned that as well. Don't look at their disability or their, their, the way how they look or the way how they present themselves, but focus on their skills. And do the, I can't remember who said that same thing. Hmm. You remember, Rudy? I, I heard that from a couple people, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, but... In the latter part of the afternoon, when the workshop was taking place, Maria Daniel from EY, who's the lead partner there on ESG, Mm. she made that point and people in the room agreed with it that, again, ideally, let's look at merit. Let's look at qualifications. Let's look at ability. Let's not look at what's on the surface and where you know who people spend their time with or who they love or or making assumptions that because someone can't see they can't learn yeah. or because they come from a difficult background or they have a colorful past that they haven't changed and they're willing to be a a, a positive contributor to society mm, yeah. so that's it about it removing the assumptions and dealing with facts ah. mm. well that sounds good that sounds good I keep anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before we go as really was saying um, it doesn't matter your background or your past because mine for those of you all who have met me is very colorful mm. and I am still trying to make a change you know and I still make it outside hmm. somehow every day even if you don't make it for the week 
at least make it for the day. For the day, yeah. Wow. Mm. I like that. If you, do, if you can, can make, make it for the it. week, make it for the day. Make it for the day. Well, wow. thank you for making it today, Akeem, and again for being right. brave enough thank to you, share your story with us. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. And I we will we... keep in touch. Yeah, and we'll talk soon. Okay, take care. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. That was Akeem. Akeem Mohammed, right? Yes. Wow. I wonder if I try and remember. I try to remember if I saw him. Was he was sitting on the white shirt on the right hand side? That is correct. That was he was in the first panel. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You see, look how much people I, I saw there, and, and you know, I didn't even go and say hi. I couldn't even get to say hi. Nevertheless, it will have another thing. So, Rudy, we have about eight minutes. Let us talk Woo! about Pride. Let's talk about Pride Month, Pride Week, the events what that are that? coming up. What's happening? I don't know. You want to tell me? <laughs> I ready to put on. I ready to put on my 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 hair. I want a, I want colorful hair, Rudy. Where I getting that from? You There's the a braids. wonderful place in Port of Spain called Rue de Chalotte. Oh, Rue de Chalotte. It's over your name, uh huh? Yes. They <laughs> have a number of stores available mm, where you nice. can get the hottest. Mm -mm. As a matter of fact, if there are any stores out there who'd like to advertise for mm. Pride, oh, yeah. call the sales team at Freedom 106.5. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to have you all sponsor and come on board and promote your. See your services and products for yeah. Pride because I know so, I, I see a lot of people talking about it on, on Instagram as well um, Rudy and even on Instagram they see like once mm -hmm. you hashtag love is love if you look at it now it looks colourful I only I only saw that today <laughs> I find that really well, cool this year will be the sixth year that we're having mm -hmm. public Pride yeah and it always runs from the last weekend of June. Now, June is International Pride Month, right? Mm -hmm. However, we don't want to compete with other prides because right. people from the Caribbean travel to international prides. Oh. So we have our pride in Trinidad starting the last weekend of June. Mm -hmm. So we're part of the global June month. Mm -hmm. But then we run pride for an entire month up until the last weekend of July. So this oh. year, it will run from the 30th of June, mm -hmm. which is a Friday. Right. To the thirtieth of July, which is a Sunday. Oh, okay. So when right? is the parade? The parade is in June or July. The parade will be the last Saturday of July, July. which is the thirtieth of Ju uh, the twenty ninth. My apologies, twenty uh, ninth okay. of July will be the parade. Mm. So we actually have our planning meeting tomorrow evening. Mm -hmm. And once that meeting is done, we will issue a safety date with right. the main activities. Now, what I can tell you, Carrie, is that this year we have decided to split the month into four categories, four weeks of activities right. under under certain headers. Mm -hmm. So the first week will will be about advocacy. Right. The first week will be really getting the message out there. What is this struggle about? Why is it important? And we'll be including some of these other marginalized groups in that week. Right, right. The second week is about 
the queer legacy in Trinidad and Tobago. Queer as I've legacy. always said, queer people have been part of building Trinidad and Tobago f- since independence and before. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a week dedicated to looking at all of our queer icons, persons that we've lost over the years, mm-hmm. such as Bernard Beckles, who passed away a few weeks ago. And every year he would lead the team the international to the uh, the local floral team that would go to the international floral awards and i believe mm-hmm. they won gold medals many times right then the third week we will be dealing with health and wellness as aki mentioned and makesa health challenges and access to healthcare remain mm-hmm. on the front burner so we're going to be dealing with you know workshops and access to STD testing and mental health. Mm-hmm. That's the third week. The fourth week will be art and culture. So we will look at entertainment, we will look at queer art, we will look at films. And then the last weekend is the Pride Parade and Fair. Yeah. So it's going to be a an, an beautiful month again. Again, and this year the young persons in the management team are taking it taking the full mantle and moving it forward so you're going to be hearing less and less from me and more and more from them yay that'll be cool <laughs> but i can't wait i'm excited about it and i think this is the first time i would have uh, ever like um been involved so you never felt to come before i did but, I, but I, I thought that it was my place now you know I thought that I didn't, that was my place to come and jump and I, up and, I'm and have fun. I'm glad you said that <laughs> because pride is not just for queer people. It's for anybody who believes in inclusion. As a matter of fact, it's sometimes 50-50. Ah. You get, because some queer people don't feel comfortable to come out. To come out, right. So so their friends and family come out in, to support, for, in, to represent for them. So it mm. ends up being a, a lot of allies. Mm-hmm. And then queer people as well. So it's it it's it's your place as much as anybody mm-hmm. else's. So well, now that I know me. that I'm welcomed, I will go because I used to watch it on TV. I, I, I watch videos, and I say, "Boy, this looking real cool. I could jump up with them." And I was like, "No, Carrie. Next thing you know, <laughs> they watch it like you don't belong here. <laughs> you know, like that kind of way." But then again, you see, I didn't know. I was yes, I, I'm not, I wasn't aware of you know how open you all are. You know, but I like it. I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I'm sh- next week we'll get into more details about Pride. Of course, I know that. Because we, as I said, we'd have the calendar out and we can sort of go through it together and let our listeners know how they can get involved. Yeah. So I'm good. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have about two minutes, so this is where we close down today's episode of Love is Love. What you do every Sunday is from 3 to 5 p.m. with Carrie V and Rudolph Hanamji. Guys, don't forget our emails, queerconfessions106 at gmail.com. Send us your queer experiences. Anything you want us to discuss, let us know. We're going to bring it out mm-hmm. and we're going to be having discussions about it. On behalf of my cool and awesome co-host, Rudolph Hanamji. Rudy, thanks so much for inviting me to the DEI conference. 
Thanks so much. Karivi, you are an awesome <laughs> ally. I'm happy you were able to make it. And I know we have some plans that we talked about. We're going to oh, get yeah. on those. Oh, yeah. And thank you so much for representing in studio through the weather today and allowing me to join you virtually. Mm, yes. All right. So, guys, we're getting up and we're getting going. Let me get out of Puerto Spain one time. So, we'll see you love guys. Is love is love. Hey. Love is love. love, is love. Hey, Mr. You write your lyrics for your remixes yet? I have my lyrics ready. Okay, Do well, you have yours? I only have one line. Because you know what? What? <laughs> one line? Look, woman, drink some don't, soup and don't write. Don't tell Miss Jenea. Don't tell <laughs> us yet. When I when I have my two verses, uh-huh. then we would, you know, get, hey, look, and now see we get a call here. Really? All right, let's take it and see. Hi. Okay. Good afternoon, you live. Hello. Good afternoon, Carrie and Ruby. Ken, today I'm here from you. What's going on? Yeah, are they cool? I was listening all evening I listening to you, but I, I know all yeah, are busy. Yeah, boy. What's up? You good? Everything yeah, all right? So I want to interrupt, you know? That's no problem, man. You good? We're glad to hear from you, Yeah, yeah, I want to say, um, um, you know, hello one thing now. All right, man. Nice. Nice to hear from yeah, you. Good yeah, to hear from you. Nice to hear from you, man. All right, Ken. Thanks, because we had to yeah. go now. It's 5 yeah, o'clock. Bye-bye. Bye. See you on the next side. Uh, Same thing. I call out Ken. I say, well, how come Ken didn't call me? There you go. That is nothing. It's all good. That's a nice way to end the show. Of course it is. All right, guys. We'll see you guys on the flip side. All right. Have a safe one. Take and awesome care. Be week. safe. Next week. Same time. Same place. Bye. Love is love. Talk, talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com.